Welcome to the Monday edition of Transformation Radio. My name is Cody Thorpe. I'm 27 from Coshocton, Ohio. Came here beaten up, broken. Had a little bit of faith in God. That's basically why the reason I made it here. When I got to the farm, I felt a great sense of comfort. It was real spiritual to me. That's how I knew I was right where I needed to be. I felt real comfortable because the guys were all good. It seemed like when I was falling apart, somebody was there to pick me back up. Along the way of my journey, uh, I started praying more and getting into the Word of God and started realizing that I can make this. I do have a purpose in life today. Through prayer and meditation, I started being more comfortable with who I am and where I came from. And along the way, I developed good friends that were there for me. And to top it all off, I've only been here for a month, and I wouldn't trade it for 15 months of being sober that I had before. And my gratitude today towards the ministry is high as it can be, and I know that I have a purpose today in life. And now it's time for our reading today from the New Testament. Our narrative will come from the book of Luke, chapter 23, verses 13 through 43. Here's a brief commentary on what we'll be reading today. Pilate wanted to release Jesus, but the crowd loudly demanded his death. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die. No doubt Pilate did not want to risk losing his position, which may already have been kind of shaky, by allowing a riot to occur in his province. As a career politician, he knew the importance of compromise, and he saw Jesus more as a political threat than as a human being with rights and dignity. When the stakes are high, it's difficult to stand up for what's right. And it's easy to see our opponents as problems to be solved rather than as people to be respected. Had Pilate been a man of real courage, he would have released Jesus no matter what the consequences. But the crowd roared and Pilate buckled. We are like Pilate when we know what is right but decide not to do it. When you have a difficult decision to make, don't discount the effects of peer pressure. Realize beforehand that the right decision could have unpleasant consequences for social rejection, career derailment, and public ridicule. Then think of Pilate and resolve to stand up for what is right, no matter what other people pressure you to do. Now when Pilate said he would have Jesus flogged, he was referring to a punishment that could have killed Jesus. The usual procedure was to bear the upper half of the victim's body, and tie his hands to a pillar before whipping him with a three-pronged whip. The number of lashes was determined by the severity of the crime. Up to 40 were permitted under Jewish law. After being flogged, Jesus also endured other agonies. He was slapped, struck with fists, and mocked. A crown of thorns was shoved down on the top of his head, and he was beaten with a stick and stripped before being hung on the cross. Pilate did not want to give Jesus the death sentence. He thought the Jewish leaders were simply jealous men who wanted to get rid of a rival. When they threatened to report Pilate to Caesar, however, Pilate became frightened. Historical records indicate that Pilate had already been warned by Roman authorities about tensions in this region. The last thing he needed was a riot in Jerusalem at Passover time, when the city was crowded with Jews from all over the empire. So Pilate turned Jesus over to the mob to do with as they pleased. And with that, let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. 
April 27th, the New Testament. Luke chapter 23, verses 13 through 43. Then Pilate called together the leading priests and other religious leaders, along with the people, and he announced his verdict. You brought this man to me, accusing him of leading a revolt. I have examined him thoroughly on this point in your presence, and find him innocent. Herod came to the same conclusion, and sent him back to us. Nothing this man has done calls for the death penalty. So I will have him flogged, and then I will release him. Then a mighty roar rose from the crowd, and with one voice they shouted, Kill him, and release Barabbas to us! Barabbas was in prison for taking part in an insurrection in Jerusalem against the government and for murder. Pilate argued with them because he wanted to release Jesus. But they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! For the third time he demanded, Why? What crime has he committed? I have found no reason to sentence him to death. So I'll have him flogged, and then I will release him. But the mob shouted louder and louder, demanding that Jesus be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate sentenced Jesus to die as they demanded. As they had requested, he released Barabbas, the man in prison for insurrection and murder. But he turned Jesus over to them to do as they wished. As they led Jesus away, a man named Simon, who was from Cyrene, happened to be coming in from the countryside. The soldiers seized him and put the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A large crowd trailed behind, including many grief-stricken women. But Jesus turned and said to them, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are coming when they will say, Fortunate indeed are the women who are childless, the wombs that have not borne a child, and the breasts that have never nursed. People will beg the mountains, fall on us, and plead with the hills, bury us. For if these things are done when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others, both criminals, were led out to be executed with him. When they came to a place called the Skull, they nailed him to the cross. And the criminals were also crucified, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. The crowd watched, and the leaders scoffed. He saved others, they said. Let him save himself if he really is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers mocked him, too, by offering him a drink of sour wine. They called out to him, If you're the king of the Jews, save yourself. A sign was fastened to the cross above him with these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffed, So, you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself, and us too, while you're at it. But the other criminal protested, Don't you fear God, even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. Psalm 97, verse 1, through chapter 98, verse 9. 
The dark clouds that surround God symbolize His unapproachable holiness and the inability of people to find Him on their own. If He were uncovered, no one could stand before His blazing holiness and glory. You know, people worship all kinds of images and idols. Although God reveals Himself and His love through nature in the Bible, there are many who decide to ignore or reject Him and pursue goals they believe are more important. The Bible makes it clear that these people are idol worshipers because they give their highest loyalty to something other than God. Well, one day we will stand before God in all His glory and power. Then we'll see all our goals and accomplishments for what they really are. How foolish our earthly pursuits will seem then. A sincere purpose to please God will result in an alignment of your desires with God's desires. You'll love what God loves and hate what God hates. If you love the Lord, you will hate evil. If you do not despise the actions of people who take advantage of others, if you admire people who only look out for themselves, or if you envy those who get ahead using any means to accomplish their ends, then your primary desire in life is not to please God. Learn to love God's ways and hate evil in every form, not only the obvious sins, but also the socially acceptable ones. Psalm 97, verse 1, through chapter 98, verse 9. The Lord is King. Let the earth rejoice. Let the farthest coastlands be glad. Dark clouds surround Him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of His throne. Fire spreads ahead of Him and burns up all His foes. His lightning flashes out across the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth, the heavens proclaim His righteousness. Every nation sees His glory. Those who worship idols are disgraced. All who brag about their worthless gods, for every god must bow to Him. Jerusalem has heard and rejoiced, and all the towns of Judah are glad. Because of your justice, O Lord, for you, O Lord, are supreme over all the earth. You are exalted far above all gods. You who love the Lord hate evil. He protects the lives of His godly people and rescues them from the power of the wicked. Light shines on the godly and joy on those whose hearts are right. May all who are godly rejoice in the Lord and praise His holy name. Sing a new song to the Lord, for He has done wonderful deeds. His right hand has won a mighty victory. His holy arm has shown His saving power. The Lord has announced His victory and has revealed His righteousness to every nation. He has remembered His promise to love and be faithful to Israel. The ends of the earth have seen the victory of our God. Shout to the Lord, all the earth! Break out in praise and sing for joy! Sing your praise to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and melodious song, with trumpets and the sound of the ram's horn! Make a joyful symphony before the Lord, the King. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the earth and all living things join in. Let the rivers clap their hands in glee. Let the hills sing out their songs of joy before the Lord. For the Lord is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the nations with fairness. Proverbs chapter 14, verses 7 and 8. Stay away from fools, for you won't find knowledge on their lips. 
The prudent understand where they are going, but fools deceive themselves. Waste my life, no, I gotta make it count If Christ is real, then what am I gonna do about it? 
everything in Luke 12, 15 out of 21, yeah, you really gotta yeah, go and check yeah, it out yeah. Paul said if Christ ain't resurrected, we wasted our lives But that implies that our lives built around Jesus being alive Yeah, they gonna be trying to show the world why Christ is more than everything you'll ever try Better than pretty women sitting and living to get a minute of any women a minute you and mine It ain't no lie, we created for Out of dust, he made us for Alexa said he saved us for Jesus comes and he breaks us for Magnify the Father, our Father was something lesser He made us so we could bless him Matter of fact, better man, I know I got Christ You don't see his ways in my days and my nights You can hit my brakes, you can stop my life When I lost my rights, lost my life Forget the money cause, it's lost that ice The cost is Christ, they can never offer me anything On the planet that the cost that price The devil just can't hang with us Christian youth never stand with us Living and driven, giving a vision Fulfilling the commission he handed us London to Los Angeles The rap evangelist My daddy wouldn't abandon us I got a backpack full of jets And I keep a dirty man So are you ready to jam with us? So let's go Give me the word and let's go Persecution, let's go Tribulation, let's go Across let's go Procrastination, let's go Hung on the cross in the cold Now for the young and the old Can't say never know Heaven knows How many souls are going to hell to heaven So we gotta go in to get them You trying to figure out what to do with your life You make a lot of money, hope you're doing it right Because the money is God, you better steward it right And stay focused, you ain't got no ride Your life ain't wrapped up in what you drive The clothes you wear, the job you work The color of your skin, now you Christian first People get to living for a job Make a little money, start living for a car Get them a wife, a house, kids, and a dog When they retire, they're living high on the hall But guess what, they didn't never really live at all To live is Christ, and that's Paul, I recall To die is gains, and for Christ we give it all He's the treasure you never find in the mall See your money, your singleness, marriage, talent, your time They will only you to show the world that Christ is divine That's why it's Christ in my rhyme That's why it's Christ all the time See my whole world is built around him He's the life in my life I refuse to waste my life He's too true to chase that ice Here's my gift of time Cause I'm constantly trying to be used to praise the Christ If he's truly raised to life Then this news should change your life If I can break you can put your faith in a place that rules your days and nights Yes! Today's In Touch Devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 13 of James chapter 5. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? 
he is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the earth for three years and six months. Then he prayed again, and the sky poured rain, and the earth produced its fruit. Have you ever watched a runner near the end of a race? Every muscle strains with the athlete's desire to finish first. The moment is full of intensity and determination. This is the same kind of fervent desire God wants to see in the believer's prayer life. As we read in James chapter 5, verse 16, the effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Believers at times use certain key phrases, in Jesus' name, or if it's your will, Lord, as if such expressions were enchanted. People convince themselves that if a particular phrase is used, God will surely be pleased and answer the petition. But strength is not found in the words we say, because the Lord cannot be forced to do anything outside His will. The power of prayer is in God's reaction. He responds in wisdom to petitions of the righteous by releasing His supernatural power toward the object of their concern. A prayerless person is a powerless person. When we devote little time to communicating with the Heavenly Father, we can't expect to see dramatic results. God's power is released in response to our zealous desire for His intervention. A fervent petitioner, believing his Lord will intercede, is determined to pray through every barrier that Satan erects. The praying person stops only when God answers affirmatively or makes it clear that the request is outside his will. Wise believers devote time and energy to requests of great importance. Through our relationship with Christ, we have been made righteous, which means that we have the opportunity to communicate with the Lord through prayer. Tres 
Sheila Taylor is a director in Keller, Texas. And she said, John, on Minute with Maxwell today, talk about the word influential. Love the word, love the word, Sheila. Let me tell you why. Leadership is influence. In fact, my newest book, The Five Levels of Leadership, when I started giving that lecture many, many years ago, 30, 35 years ago, I didn't call it The Five Levels of Leadership. I called it The Five Levels of Influence. And it was basically a lecture that helped people to learn how to increase their influence with people. Well, if you can increase your influence with people, guess what? You increase your leadership with people because we are only led by people who influence us. So when I look at the word influential, what I really think is very simple. The more that you learn how to influence people, the more that you increase your influence, the better leader you become the more people that you influence. I use the two words interchangeably. Leadership is influence. Influence is leadership. Don't get them confused. They both work together. And one more thing. What's wonderful about influence is you can learn to grow it. It's teachable. That's why I always say leadership is teachable. So today, uh, get my book, The Five Levels of Leadership, and you'll learn five steps to influencing people successfully.
does it for today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.